and welcome to Training and Assessment Professional Development and another great episode on the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm really grateful that you're here. And today we want to talk about supporting students online. Now we have to think about how we're transitioning into a different way of learning for everyone. Whilst classrooms are shut down, we need to make sure that we're supporting our students so that they still have the best opportunity to succeed, to complete their course, to continue their study, whatever it might be for them. And so I want you to think about starting from the end in mind. And when I say that, I mean If you're going to have a call or group sessions with your students, what is the end result that you want to get here? Some of the end results that you might want to think about are the results of people progressing in a timely manner. People might need to be finished their course by the end of the year. So how do you track their progression through their course and make sure they're able to finish their assessments, get the support that they need, uh, be studying regularly. Um, I've previously written a blog about being able to study because that doesn't always come easy to people, especially when they've got other commitments, work, children, other commitments with other family members. So we want to make sure when we start with the end in mind, What is it that we want them to achieve? And it's important to remember that one size doesn't fit all. Everyone learns differently. Everyone has different uh, timeframes that they can study. Everyone has a different attention span. And we know that uh, some research had shown that it takes approximately 45 minutes to get in the zone for learning. And I've talked previously about some strategies to help students get in that zone much faster and the way that they can set themselves up. You know, some of that's around what is your best study time, study zone, it might be. And if it's first thing in the morning before anyone's awake, or if that's when you think better, then you want to get your students to set themselves up the night before. So you can give them some ideas and some tips around how they can best study. And so if, for example, they don't have internet, is there a way that they can solve that problem? If they have a study time at night time, what do they need to do? You know, a funny example of that is don't eat a lot of pasta for dinner if you want to try and study because you're going to be overloaded with carbs. I always said to my students in the classroom, Please don't go and eat a big pasta dish for lunch because I won't have you falling asleep in my classroom. So again, having good habits means people are going to be more committed and be able to progress through their learning, um, whether it be a unit a month or or whatever their time zone uh, is for that study. Um, If you're having one-on-one and group sessions, there's some questions you want to ask in the group Uh, around how everyone's going and what support do they need. But you might also identify that a one-on-one conversation is going to be much more productive and also a little bit confidential. There might be some challenges people don't want to talk about in a group setting. So you want to have a one-on-one conversation with them. But you as the trainer want to ask some really powerful questions to get to the core issues if there are any. 
and the needs of the student need to be identified. So, you know, there's some questions you can ask and especially in this time. And I want to remind you before I go into the questions, let me just make a reminder for you. You cannot be everything to everyone. And from a professional standpoint, you want to make sure that you're not being a counsellor or you're not being a support service that's available. You can't do all of that and you have to be ethical around what you're saying and doing. That way, it's really important to have some uh, knowledge of support services for when you do speak to your clients. And we had to deal with this a lot. We're not counsellors, we're not financial advisors, but students have everyday problems and especially now times are really tough for some people and support services are there and if you have a list of those you can provide those via email um, via text or however you communicate with your students but think about you know support services such as Centrelink counseling services that are available or other support services And knowing where you can guide your students to if it's outside of your professional role. All right, so let's go back to some of these questions. When you are having a one-on-one conversation with your students, you might want to ask questions such as, how are you coping in all of this? Hence why I talked about having a list of support services because you're not, you're not sure what the answers are going to be here. And someone can say, hey, well, I'm not really coping well. I, um, I've lost my job now. Okay, well, have you spoken to Centrelink because they're offering support for anyone who's been affected by the coronavirus, for example. So when you talk to them about how they're coping, again, as a trainer, make sure you are listening to understand your student not just to respond. So understand what they're saying and also you'll hear in a tone how someone's coping as well. So make sure you're using your skills as a trainer to listen clearly to what they're saying. Another question you might want to ask them is, what can I do as your trainer to support you through your study? Because you want to know what specifically they need, keeping in mind Every student is different. So you want to ask them, what can you do to support them through their study? And they might give you a couple of things that they need. Oh, look, could you keep me accountable? Maybe if you could send me an email once a week just to say, hey, how are you going with your study? You probably need to be up to this section. If not, do you need any support in that? Okay, so they might tell you exactly what they need or you might have to go back and forth with a few other questions to see what specifically they need. It's important to not make too many suggestions for them. It's You want them to tell you what it is they need. Um, and then overall, you could ask the question, how is your learning going from your perspective? And if you know, and you should know as the trainer, what unit they're in, what stage they're at, you could ask them about what did you find challenging about the last section that you did or the last unit and name that unit. Be very specific about the information. 
And what you might find is a lot of people are struggling with a particular section. Therefore, you might be able to do a quick video or send them a link to another video or something that might help them. So again, giving them another resource can be the difference between someone getting the information or still not understanding the concepts within that unit of competency. So just have a think about that. Again, I'll go back to what I said, start with the end in mind. So you need to make sure you've pre-planned for these conversations. And then if someone is struggling, you need to go down, chunk into that. What specifically are you struggling with? Because what you might find is it's not actually the learning they're struggling with. They could be struggling with times to study or interruptions or motivation because they're stressed. You know, there could be many different reasons. And so you need to really get to the crux of that. So again, when you are collating all this information as a trainer, it's important that you document all these phone calls because these notes are really helpful when you have the next session with them, you've got background information and you're building up a little bit of a profile around where someone's struggling. You can actually preempt sometimes what additional resources you might to need to give someone or as a group, what resources can you give? Now that's when you're doing one-on-one. When you're doing group sessions and you're having a meeting with, let's say there might be five to 10 people on this group call, you might be using Zoom, which is really interactive. Uh, You might use Skype or FaceTime. I'm not sure what you'll be using, but try to utilize the technology to the student's advantage. Because we, we all know that in a classroom environment, when someone asks a question, chances are that someone else, if not all of the people in the room, want to know the answer to that question. So when you've got interaction happening and you've got a chat going on as well, people can ask questions. Now, the great thing about Zoom is when someone's asking a question, if they're using the chat or they're asking a call, uh, sorry, asking a question over the video, someone who wants to speak to you privately can actually send you a private message in the chat and it will only go to you. Therefore, if they feel unsure or a little embarrassed about the question that's going to come to you and you could even ask them can I answer this question for everyone um, without disclosing who that question came from because you might know that everyone wants to know the answer to that question the other thing too is you're connecting people people are looking at each other And they're getting a connection. And what we know right now is people are craving connection. They want to know that they're not alone in this. They want to know that someone else feels the same way or is having similar struggles. So you can get great benefit from bringing people together as a collective so that they can brainstorm things. And if people want to, they can actually have other video calls outside of your structured calls to connect with each other and maybe have a study session. So, you know, utilizing the technology allows that connection to occur. And when you are running a Zoom call and people haven't been familiar with that, once they jump off that call, uh, that video call, 
they're going to go, well, that wasn't so hard. I could probably do that myself. And that enables them to connect with other people. So again, you can also ask the group. So was anyone struggling with something and they found a really good solution or a resource that they'd like to share with everyone else? Again, you're encouraging that interaction. Okay. And once you get that interaction, you actually can record your group sessions that other people can have access to as well. Therefore, they can look back at that session to go, now some of those questions were answered. Now that I'm in the zone of study this morning, I want to look back at that video and hear what other people were saying about this section of the program. Okay, so there's some great ideas there and I hope it's really helpful. And if you want to give me some feedback, you can send me a message through the Training and Assessment Professional Development Facebook page because I'd love to hear how your sessions are going and how you're connecting with your students online and making sure that you're getting good results and people are progressing and feeling less anxious or pressured Um, because they know that they've got that support there. And so until next time, thank you very much for jumping on here and listening to this podcast. We'll be doing these a lot more regularly now because we know that there's a need for those. Um, So you should have another one on uh, within a couple of days. All right. So till next time, thanks very much for tuning in. Bye for now.